Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hunter biden to avoid jail time in a plea deal are you kidding me five years of an investigation five and you get these two charges donald trump's trial date is set for august 14th of 2023 one set of rules again, if you're a Democrat, you're connected, and it's a different set if you're a Republican, you're conservative, or maybe more importantly, if you're President Trump. Will the rate hike pause help some home buyers? I say it almost every week, create a budget, know where your money's going, and, and handle it. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, June 21st. I'm Mike Scott. Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, has pleaded guilty to federal tax offenses but avoided full prosecution on a separate gun charge in a deal with the Justice Department. This is just coming into us. Fox has confirmed that Hunter Biden has reached a deal with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to two minor tax charges and a gun charge. These terms will likely keep him out of jail. No word on when Hunter will appear in court to enter his guilty plea. The agreement will see the younger Biden, 53, avoid prosecution on a felony charge of illegally possessing a firearm as a drug user, as long as he adheres to conditions agreed to in court and heads to a diversion program. Hunter Biden is to plead guilty to failing to pay more than $100,000 in taxes on over $1.5 million in income in both 2017 and 2018. Charges that carry a maximum possible penalty of a year in prison. The deal may end the Justice Department's investigation into the Biden's taxes and foreign business dealings, and also avoid a trial which would have generated a slew of negative headlines for the Biden family. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy compared the outcome of the Hunter Biden case to the Trump documents case now heading toward federal court and says that if you're related to the president, you're able to get a sweetheart deal. My first reaction is it continues to show the two-tier system in America. If you are the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal. Now, this does nothing to our investigation. It actually should enhance our investigations because the DOJ should not be able to withhold any information now saying that because of pending investigation, they should be able to provide Chairman Comer with any information that he requires. Judge Andrew Napolitano joined Fox News and explains what Hunter Biden's plea means from a legal perspective. The penalty that he will suffer is a lot less than what most people would. I mean, we're talking about... 1.4 million in taxes, not 1.4 million 
in income, but 1.4 million in taxes, uh, unreported and obviously uh, unpaid for. Uh, most people would endure uh, a lot more than just a couple of years probation uh, on that. As for the gun charge, it's actually a, a federal pretrial intervention. So what that means is he's not actually pleading guilty. Uh, he's willing to undergo a probationary uh, period, which will have to do with weaning him off of whatever controlled dangerous substances he's been on. And if he completes the probationary period uh, uh to the government's satisfaction, the gun charge will be dropped. Now, the gun charge prohibits, it's a federal statute, prohibits anyone, no matter what the state law is, anyone in the United States from uh, possessing a gun uh, who's hopelessly addicted to drugs, is he? Well, he admitted that in, in his autobiography. Uh, so when he signed up for, when he applied for the gun uh, permit in Delaware, and they asked him if he was addicted to drugs, he said no. So the charge is actually lying on a federal document. That charge is not a guilty plea. That charge will be dropped as if it never existed if he successfully completes the pretrial interventionary program. Napolitano is doubtful that an investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings can continue after this. It, it's almost inconceivable that the Delaware criminal investigation could continue beyond this. This has all of the uh, earmarks uh, of a final termination of it. I know of no other federal criminal allegations against him that are properly before the uh, Delaware uh, authorities. And as, uh, and as we know, this is a Republican Trump-appointed uh, U.S. attorney uh, that made this uh, deal. This is not a deal the level of which would even reach Washington, D.C., this is a deal, no matter the last name and relatives uh, of the defendant, that is perfectly within the uh, authority of the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware uh, to to wrap up on his own. Look, when Jack Smith wanted to seek Donald Trump's indictment, we know that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, had to approve of it. But this deal involving these tax charges and this gun charge did not require the approval of Maine Justice of the Attorney General himself. If the Republicans want to keep investigating this on the political side, well, they can keep doing it, but it's unlikely that that would result in any charges against Hunter Biden. However, there is a chance that the presiding judge on the case may reject the younger Biden's plea deal. It'll be rather uh, benign. Um, he'll appear in court if the judge approves this, now, this is a deal between uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers and the U.S. attorney. And there are two ways that judges look at this. Some judges say, well, I'm not a potted plant. I'm not just going to accept anything that comes in my courtroom and sign it. I've got to look at this and make sure the punishment uh, is appropriate, not too heavy and not too light. And the judge could reject it. Other judges will say, I'm a judge. My job is to resolve disputes. Both sides come into my courtroom. They both want the same thing, acceptance of this guilty plea. I'm going to go along with it. I don't know who the judge is in this case or what that judge's attitude. So if he rejects it, we're back to square one. If he accepts it, it's over with. It'll take about uh, 10 uh, or 15 minutes, a lot of Q&A. Did you do this? Did you do this? Do you understand this is the uh, likely penalty? Do you understand that the judge could reject it if he wants and then walk out of the courtroom. Legal analyst and trial attorney Brian Claypool is hopeful that Judge Napolitano is wrong. 
because he believes the investigation into Hunter Biden should continue. Are you kidding me? Five years of an investigation? Five? And you get these two charges? These charges could have been found out in five minutes, not five years, Marnie. I mean, seriously, we recently had a whistleblower report a claim to, to Congress about the DOJ not following proper protocol in investigating Hunter Biden, number one. And number two, there was a whistleblower report of some DOJ officials committing perjury during the investigation of Hunter Biden. And what happened to that, Marnie? Where did that go? Did that vanish? Is that is that buried underneath this ridiculous charge against Hunter Biden? I mean, this is just a veneer to to protect Hunter Biden and potentially President Biden from additional charges. That indictment has brought an onslaught of Republican criticism of politicization of the Justice Department. Republican Representative James Comer of Kentucky and the Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee says the younger Biden is getting away with a slap on the wrist. As of Tuesday afternoon, international rescue teams are still sweeping the North Atlantic searching for a submersible vessel that was taking five people to view the wreckage of the Titanic. Authorities estimate there's only enough oxygen in that sub for those on board to survive less than two days. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the Coast Guard is leading the search for the missing submersible. The U.S. Navy uh, is, uh, is on standby should they be needed because they, they have some deep water capabilities that the Coast Guard wouldn't necessarily have. Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh says Coast Guard aircraft are helping look for the sub. By the end of today, we would have committed three C-130s to conducting search and rescue flights. Um, in addition to that, the Navy has been in touch with the Coast Guard and um, is working to provide personnel, such as subject matter experts, and um, assets as quickly as possible. The 21-foot vessel named the Titan lost communication with its control center on Sunday morning, roughly one hour and 45 minutes into its scheduled dive. According to official U.S. Coast Guard documents, the 21-foot vessel named Titan lost communication with its control center on Sunday morning, roughly one hour and 45 minutes into its scheduled dive. Former President Donald Trump made waves early this week after sparring with Fox News' Brett Baer in an exclusive interview over his possession of classified documents. During the interview, Trump said that as much as he would like to be less aggressive with reporters, the media, in his opinion, is too corrupt. I would like to be less combative, but I find the press is extremely dishonest. And if I'm not combative, I don't get my word across. If I'm not combative, I don't know. I I don't think you could win. I think regardless me or somebody else, if somebody else got the nomination, these radical left maniacs would come after them at a level like you've never seen before, and they're not going to be able to withstand it. Our country is sick. It's sick. 
We have people that will do anything, and it's a very sad thing, like the document hoax. They should have never been brought. We're in the middle of a political campaign, and they want to arrest the opponent who's leading the person that's in theory in charge of government. This stuff shouldn't happen. So what- the former president believes that he has every right to the boxes that he had in his home in Mar-a-Lago. I have every right to have those boxes. This is purely a presidential records act. This is not a criminal thing. In fact, the New York Times of all had a story just the other day that the only way Nara could ever get this stuff, this back, would be please, 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 could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. Because they have no... We they did ask for it. No. Trump explains that the reason he didn't give the boxes back was because he had a lot of personal items in the boxes. They went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but according to the indictment, you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things, uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, much more, not that I know of, but not that I know of, but everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Nor did Mike Pence, by the way, have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio joined the Salem Radio Network saying Donald Trump is certainly being treated differently from other political figures. Three weeks ago, we we interviewed uh, Stephen D'Antuano, who was the, the former head of the Washington field office. He was running the Washington field office of the FBI when they raided President Trump's home. And during his deposition, he told us, he said, look, I, I said to the, to the folks at, at, at Maine Justice, I said, where's the U.S. attorney? We're not supposed to be running this stuff out of headquarters. Didn't we learn that from crossfire hurricane? And they said, well, we're going to run it out of headquarters. He said, why are we going to do a raid on the president's home? Why don't we just keep working with his lawyer? Why don't we just stick with the accommodation process? His lawyer is talking to us. They're talking with us. Why don't we do it that way? No, we're going to go search his home. So it wasn't done the same way. It was definitely done different with President Trump. And the guy, the, the, the top agent at the Washington field office said, let's, let's continue to do the accommodation process, which is certainly what happened with Clinton. After all, her lawyers got to look at all the emails, decide what emails the government got, got to see with President Trump. They go down and raid his home. And, and the, the top agent was saying, let's, let's do the same process with President Trump, but they wouldn't do it that way. The Ohio congressman says that the DOJ has shown a pattern of going after Donald Trump. Eight days ago, or I guess eight days, what, a week ago, six days ago, they, um, they, they, they indict, uh, you know, the arraignment, and they indict President Trump. And in between that, we had um, the Mueller investigation, the impeachment, the 51 former intel officials, and the raid on the president's home. So it's like it's literally been a pattern for, um, for what now, seven, seven years. So I think you'll see Mr. Durham just give more detail, more examples of how egregious, how wrong, um, the whole crossfire hurricane investigation and the Mueller investigation. There's one example in there where they got intelligence, Bob, in the summer of 2016, credible intelligence that said the whole Trump-Russia narrative was, was something made up by the Clinton campaign to take heat off her email scandal. And the, it, was, it was so credible that Brennan briefed Obama, Biden, Lynch, and Comey. Jordan believes, in his opinion, there are two tiers of justice 
in America. It's one set of rules again. If you're a Democrat and you're connected, you're Biden, you're Clinton, whatever. And it's a different set if you're a Republican, you're conservative, or maybe more importantly, if you're President Trump. This comes as Judge Eileen Cannon has issued orders providing more details for Donald Trump at trial, at which the former president will face charges related to his alleged mishandling of classified documents after leaving office. Cannon has set a date for Donald Trump's trial, which is scheduled for August 14th. In addition, Judge Cannon has ordered that all pretrial motions must be filed by the end of July. The 45th president pleaded not guilty to all charges at his arraignment in Miami earlier this month. Alabama's Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville says he'll continue placing holds on military officer nominees until the Pentagon ends its policy of supporting abortion. We get more on this developing story from Washington and our Daybreak Insider, Bob Agnew. Tuberville has placed holds on some 200 general and flag officer nominations in a showdown with the Pentagon over its policy of paid time off and travel reimbursements for service members who travel to obtain an abortion. He criticizes what he calls President Biden's obsession with making taxpayers pay for abortion without Congress ever taking a vote. Bob Agnew reporting. Last week, the Fed decided to pause rate hikes for the month of June, a first in 15 months of aggressive hikes in order to try and cool rampant inflation. The central bank's aggressive monetary tightening policies over the last year have put pressure on the housing market and made harsh conditions even worse for both buyers and sellers. However, with this pause... Some home buyers could see a little relief in mortgage rates in the short term. Buyers could see mortgage rates fluctuating consistently between 6 and 7% should inflation remain high. Financial expert Paul Hood says that even though inflation is still stubbornly clinging to the economy, the Fed is trying not to tighten the economy too much. What people have to understand is, it, imagine steering a, a huge cruise ship, and you got all these dials that do different things, and and you know the the economic policies and and results of, of monetary um, policies, they make a change and see how much it goes one way or the other, and so right now inflation's running about four percent. Uh, last month, it was right about 5%. A year ago, it was about 9%. So they, they've got to play this game um, of tightening the economy, but not to a point to where it makes um, it hard, too hard to get loans because then it really goes over the top. So what they're saying right now is they feel like it's going in the right direction. They're not confident enough to lower interest rates, but we're going to put off raising interest rates. So the expectation is... is the gaps in between the changes are probably going to widen and just let the economy adjust as it does. When it comes to what Americans can do in the meantime, Hood suggests to get back to basics with making a budget. It is hard uh, because the, the driver of inflation is, is the devaluing of the dollar and then shrinking of supply, which creates higher demand, which drives prices up. And so they play around with interest rates to put more money into the economy, take more money out of the economy. 
And so it just means that um, we really should need to be more proactive on our own. Um, I say it almost every week, create a budget, know where your money's going, and, and handle it. Looking forward, Hood doesn't think the Fed will charge much in the coming months. The expectation is they won't do anything. It's, you know, pushing it to more of a 90 to 120-day change um, is kind of what, what we're seeing. Because, again, we need to, you need to allow the economy um, because their changes are what's called a lag indicator. So it, 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 we, they do this and then see what happens. And then do this and see what happens. And sometimes, you know, they, they overcorrect and then they got to go back the other way. And that's kind of what's been going on. Um, so I don't expect much change at all uh, for a period. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said the committee's decision to hold rates would allow more time to evaluate the recent effect of monetary policies. But he did indicate more interest rate hikes could be on the way if inflation remains elevated. And in a related story, America's home builders kicked it into high gear last month. We get more on this developing story from our Daybreak insider, Rich Thomason, who's taking a look at construction nationwide. They started more new houses than analysts were expecting. A 21.7% jump in new home construction, with builders starting a lot of new single-family houses. There is a housing shortage, and demand for homes is strong, even in the face of rising mortgage interest rates. Additionally, the number of building permits, an indication of future activity, picked up faster than expected. Home builders were among the biggest gainers in the S&P 500. Rich Thomason reporting. Parts of northern Nevada have been overrun by Mormon crickets. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue fills us in on the very red six-legged invaders. Tens of thousands of eggs buried about an inch deep in the soil began to hatch, and the red critters are all over Jeremiah Moore's property in Spring Creek, Nevada. He can't get rid of them. As we squish them, they just eat because they eat everything. Anything in their path, they'll eat including each other. Doug Rosell is cleaning around his home in Elko, Nevada. The only really way to start to get rid of them is to um, vacuum them up, sweep them up, put them in a large garbage can, and then just kind of throw them away. The Mormon crickets hatched far later than their usual springtime birth. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally. Nine-meter sailboat under attack by orcas. The Courier family hopped on board their sailboat, Argo, to explore the coast of southern Spain. But their voyage was cut short when the boat was rammed by a pod of orcas, who in an increasingly common attack mauled the boat's rudder, leaving the family stranded. The boat was adrift on the Strait of Gibraltar near Spain, leaving Courier, his brother and father, stranded. It all came to an end when his boat was spotted by a rescue team and towed to safety. Last year, the Palo Alto native, who was 16 years old at the time, sailed solo across the Atlantic Ocean from the East Coast. 
This time, he was sailing to Greece with family. And while no one on board was hurt by the killer whales, the boat's rudder is now destroyed. Courier's experience is just one of several recent attacks off the coast of southern Spain. Local maritime rescue service say there have been dozens of reports of attacks on vessels so far this year on the Spanish and Portuguese coast. Courier sold the totaled boat to a marine repair shop for 500 euros, ultimately leaving his quest to Greece at a standstill. Meantime, experts are not sure why these orca attacks have been happening, but there are two theories. One, the orcas are playing, or two, the whales are taking a sort of revenge after years of being injured by boats. Father Cal Courier recounts the events and says that he and his family tried everything to get the killer whales to leave them alone. It was very brief and very intense. Me and my brother were lowering the sails, turning off the engine, doing things to really um, try to bore them. We hoped that would work, to bore them so that they would go away. It did not. Afterward, the father said he has memories of that day that will stay with him for a lifetime. The best would have been to just get all the way to Athens. The second best attacked by Orcas, because that's a cool story, and I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Social media commentators from Casual Geographic have weighed in on the antics of Orcas and say, quite simply, they're bullies. We're just going to ignore the fact that killer whales give sharks PTSD. Orcas are the most disrespectful animal on the planet, and that's exactly what happens when no one can check you. Other than humans, the only thing that can take on an orca and win is a bigger orca. Because of the top of the food chain, orcas bully the entire underwater census, and they legitimately traumatize great white sharks. If Jaws happens to encounter an orca near their hunting grounds, they'll abandon the area for up to a year. And for good reason. Orcas actually figured out that if they flip over sharks, they can induce tonic immobility, paralyzing the shark while the Bundy dolphins take its liver, heart, testes, and probably its life too. Killer whales have been seen putting seals up to 80 feet in the air just like a field goal. Researchers believe they do this to either paralyze a seal or loosen its skin. But there's always that chance that these psychopaths do this because they find joy in putting a seal in the clouds. They're also intelligent enough to work together to create a wave that's so powerful that it knocks the seal completely off the ice. And just when he thinks he's safe on the beach, Steroid Flipper reminds him it's an orca's world and he just lives in it. And even though they're built like an 8 to 12,000 pound equality symbol, they can launch themselves up to 15 feet in the air. Really bad news if you're a bottlenose in the wrong place. And they slap stingrays, just because they can. Orca attacks are becoming increasingly common in oceans around the world. They're highly social and intelligent. And the orcas are apparently teaching each other the behavior. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.